The Distraction, hosted by former Deadspin writers Drew McGarry and David Roth, is a new sports podcast coming from Defector and Stitcher. Join the guys and their guests as they break down the week in sports while addressing their fair share of off-the-field issues. Whether it's discussing NBA players getting testy in the bubble, Bill Belichick cutting 80% of his roster just to keep himself interested, or horrifying takes from sports talk radio that need to be broken down, Drew and Roth are ready to serve you some hot sports action. But do stick around for a few extra distractions. You deserve them. Listen and subscribe to The Distraction, a Defector podcast, right now in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. Maybe I'm crazy, but I am I am so glad that Game of Thrones is over. What? What the? I have lots of so many things to say. I'm kind of with you. I'm glad. You're glad. We're all glad. Yeah, I'm, yeah. We're glad. Thank you. Maybe I'm Casey. Maybe I'm Casey. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm not. Welcome to Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. I'm Joy Taylor. That's Brandon Newman. Hola. Uh, it's, it, was, it was a sad day. It was a sad day what? Sunday night. The game turns oh, was ending. And yeah, then I watched yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. And Earl was like, that's it? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, I wish I, I had some more to tell you. But I think you got the gist of the entire uh, series. Yeah. Just Every, there in that episode. On the content level, everything's kind of on the same level as the NBA playoffs. Just I'm like, just mailing it, it in. Like, oh, oh there's, there's water bottles. You know what? <laughs> Who cares? We're done. Yeah. We're going we're gonna to live through it. We'll get to the Game of Thrones recap, mm-hmm. recap in just a bit. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is... Yes. Uh, did I say recap? Was that a, yeah. is that a thing? Yeah. Freudian yeah, slip there. Slip, yeah. Mm-hmm. It happens. Uh, Kendrick Perkins is going to join us in a little bit. We will talk about the NBA playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um, we can talk about Kyrie with him. He has very Ooh. strong opinions about Kyrie. Uh, the Lakers uh, bleep show and uh, lots of other stuff with him. Um, we will talk about uh, Brooks Kepka. Mm-hmm. Um, when is it appropriate to kiss your wife or girlfriend? When is it not appropriate? There's, there's a time. Complain? There's an answer to the question. Time place. Uh, the Browns, the Giants. So we'll also talk about the Lakers' dysfunction. As I mentioned earlier, I am mm. on Team Magic. Um, I've given up on the Lakers completely. Don't do that. Because Magic hasn't, so don't do that. Oh, Magic has. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, he has. Whatever. I'll explain it, but he okay. has. He's just, he's he's attached to the to the, to the the vision of the Lakers, mm-hmm. not like what the actual Lakers right, right, are. Right. Like um, Lakers. And we'll discuss the Warriors, who are uh, shockingly um, just as good as they've always been. God's plan. Um, yes, Heller. Gang, gang. Yeah, I know. You, yeah. Thank you for that. Right, Heller is going to weigh in on that segment. <laughs> uh, he's already prepared. <laughs> but let's, let's get started with Kendrick Perkins. All right, Kendrick Perkins, thanks hey. so much for joining us well, on, for on the podcast. You, um, you. We, do, we do a little more casual around here, so uh, yeah. you can let your hair down. <laughs> you, um, got the, you got the car wash thing going through all the FS1 shows. Yeah. <laughs> You've been here since this morning. Yeah, 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 yeah we're I'm keeping cool. you busy. I'm loving it, though. Are you a coffee cool. guy? Are they getting coffee that they can carry you? One this morning. I'm going to take another. One. Yeah, I can only do one coffee a day now. Yeah, yeah, you be up late. Like, Tuesdays is the only day I do. I do like a, a, a cup and a half. You don't drink that, Joy. I know. It's <laughs> <a sip>. <laughs> <laughs> I am a I need it. You know what it becomes? You know what it is? When you drink coffee your whole life, yeah. you—it's a mental thing. It doesn't even work for you anymore. Right. Yeah, but I it, agree. Right? Like you just have to have it in yeah. order to. It's like the taste triggers your mind. Like right. okay, it's time to wake up now. The Focus. caffeine doesn't even really do anything for you anymore. Um. Anyway, so there's a lot going on with the NBA playoffs. Obviously, the uh, the Blazers just got swept. I don't, I'm not so like reactionary to the Blazers getting swept. Like I, I don't. It sounds weird, but it didn't seem like a, a as bad of a sweep because the Warriors are playing so great and Damian was hurt. Am I off on that? No, you're you're on point, and I agree because 
the Warriors own Portland. I mean, they like over their last sixteen games, they're like fifteen and one. So I wasn't surprised by the sweep. And this is the same Portland team that got swept by the Pelicans last year. Mm. And I said Ooh. this, I said this coming into this series that, you know, obviously you get respect because. Portland winning that one game seven, but Denver would have gave would Denver would have given Golden State a better run. Like it would have went six games. Mm-hmm. I think Denver would have been it would have been a better series. Took at least one of them from yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's over the past couple of years. It's just Golden State been having Portland number, and this team got swept last year by. Right. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I think they're just gonna come back and be at the same level hopefully they'll add some pieces and get a little bit better but like Damian and CJ played incredible like they were they were fun to watch throughout this this playoffs I just right. didn't think that they had the ability they don't have as much to, no, to match don't. up with, with Golden State so speaking of Golden State everyone is saying that uh, they are better without Kevin Durant. I, I mean, you just rolled your eyes. Yeah. Like it, it's, I think it's just like it's a crazy <laughs> thing to say. Like you're not better without the best player in the league right now. Right. It's just a different brand of basketball. But th- did we all just forget how good Golden State is, and that's why everyone's saying that? Well, I, I think we live in a moment, mm. and because just three weeks ago we were just talking, we was just comparing Kevin Durant to Michael Jordan for. The, the performances Man. he was putting Man. up. So I think we live in a moment. And then all of a sudden, KD go down, and now all of a sudden, oh, Steph is great. Well, we all he's a two-time MVP. So we've seen Steph go for 50 points before in numerous times. So mm-hmm. it's not like at the end of the day we shouldn't be surprised by this. Now, I was impressed by the win that they had yesterday just because, you know, Iggy was out. Um, you know, with DeMarcus out and KD being out, and I thought that the role players stepped up tremendously. Looney, McKinney, I thought all those guys played great minutes yesterday. And you had to give some credit to Steve Kerr because he put the right lineups out there and he put guys in position to be successful. Does Steve Kerr, I, I feel like Steve Kerr kind of doesn't get enough credit. Like I was thinking about it today, like, I like to get Mark Jackson the credit that mm-hmm. he deserves yeah. for helping to put that team together. Right. Correct. But what Steve Kerr has done since then, because obviously when he was out, Luke Wallen, you know, was filling in for him, and they just they kept rolling. Steve Kerr kind of at this point does deserve credit for being, a, a, at the very least, a great leader. Absolutely, because you got to manage so many egos. Right. I mean, think about it. You have five All Stars on your team. Everybody have an ego. So when they walk into the locker room, he got to manage that. He got to be able to put guys on the court together and, and be able to help guys succeed. So at the end of the day, that's not hard. that's not easy. Right. I mean, you got you got guys over there with big brands. You know, Draymond is mm-hmm. he's starting to build a big brand. You got Kevin Durant who's arguably the best player in the league right now. And then you got Steph Curry who's, you know, up there who's Mr. Golden State. Mm-hmm. Clay Thompson in his own. Then you got Demarcus Cousins who also have an ego. So I think we don't give enough credit to Steve Curry and his coaching staff because the coaching staff actually um, put together the defensive schemes. We talk so much about how great Golden State is offensively, but we haven't said a word. Nobody has said a word about the defense that they played, the 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 way they took Dame and CJ out of the game, yeah. you know, and the way Cantor was a non-factor. We all knew he was horrible on the defensive end, right. but – on the offense, yeah, right. But on the offensive end, Draymond straight shut him out. Well, mm-hmm. he couldn't even play in this series. So, you know, all the defensive schemes come from the coaching, but the players have to do it, obviously. Yeah. Well, so Draymond, you talked about he's been going off, has a little double-double. 
and he's the glue and heart and soul of this team, and you've been saying that, and he's been proving it on the court. Why can't he get going like that when KD's on the floor? Well, I think he has. I think, to in my opinion, he's been the the second best player, the most uh, the the most consistent player on Golden State since the playoffs started. Man. Think about it. He had a great series against. Uh, uh, the Clippers. He had a great series against the Rockets, and he just had a wonderful series against Portland. So yeah. he's been really the most consistent player. Yeah, I think they're all just kind of shining a little bit more because everyone, right. all the focus is in on KD. Um, so speaking of managing egos, you spent a little bit of time with the Celtics. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like... <laughs> Um, I'm not saying Brad Stevens is not a good coach because mm-hmm. I do think he's a good coach, but I think that especially in today's NBA, it's not just about your system or being a good coach. You have to relate to players and you have to manage egos. And it's not college, and players don't have to fit in your system, and you have to work with the talent that you have. And this is a players' league, so I feel like the failure for the most part is on Brad Stevens for this year. I know Kyrie has gotten a lot of heat, and maybe he does deserve some of the criticism. But what, what, how much of the blame do you think falls on Brad Stevens for the, what happened with the Celtics this year? I think the reason, the reason why. Brad Stevenson, I think Brad Stevenson get blamed because for the simple fact that I think it the world crowned him too early. Right. You know, mm-hmm. they, they made him into quote unquote the next best thing under Popovich without even winning the title. And they crowned him early and you're right. Like I said this earlier, but it was referenced like towards older coaches, like it's it's time to get you have to have guys you have to have a coach that guys gonna believe in and trust like it's not like back in the, in the day where you have like an old school Jim O'Brien coaching you and you gotta go no you have that guys are different uh, teams are ran different guys run the team owners listen to franchise players so at the end of the day you gotta have you have to have your guys buy into your system and you take Doc Rivers for example. He took that Clipper team and they bought into what Doc was saying. He Doc, he kind of old, but at the end of the day, he still like had some hipness about right. him. Like he he got Former that hip, player, yeah. But he that. but he had swag about him. Mm-hmm. Like you know, he addressed them. You know, he gave them days off. They went to watch movies and they seen a different side of Doc that you know they probably wouldn't have never thought he was you know listen to rap music and stuff like right. that like and you define different ways for guys to believe in you so to me it looked like watching the Celtics it was a whole lot of different agendas and they didn't buy into Brad Stevens and he do should he deserves some blame um and you got pretty vocal about Kyrie Kyrie so the reports are now that some teams are not as high on Kyrie as they were like obviously Kyrie is going to be a free agent uh, and, sure. and he sh- you know teams are obviously going to go after him but there's a report that some teams have eased back off of Kyrie because of his performance in in this last series I think that's nonsense but is there anything to that or him just being better at being a number two than being the the alpha leader of the team yeah so so this is my thing this is my take on Kyrie right so former number one pick he goes to Cleveland Braun gone he he does they never makes the playoffs right Bron come back, all of a sudden he takes him to the next level, takes him to the finals, win the championship. All of a sudden you can't play with Bron. Oh, I need to leave. I'm on a trade. You demand a trade. The grass is not green on the other side. You you want to be the man. All of a sudden you write this big old letter. 
like, you know, I'm tired of being here in the text matches or whatever. You go to Boston, now you're the number one option. You make all these promises. Oh, I'm a sign back. I'm this. You carrying yourself like you're Kobe Bryant, which you're not. Mm. And and it shows. So you're not a number one option. You're number. You're not a Batman. You're good with another superstar. And he couldn't take the heat. And what bothered me, what bothered me the most about Kyrie, was that how he carried himself. Like after the losses, it was just like, oh, okay, cool, whatever. Like I don't care, but. Nah, man, it's, it's a different it's a different world. It's just like like being in L.A. How Laker fans are, it's how Celtic fans are. And I I played with the Celtics for eight and a half years, and it's a it's Celtic pride is real. Mm-hmm. Like that's the historic franchise. The fans love the Celtics. They love all their sports. And for him to go out the way he went out, uh, I don't know. Because the last interview I heard him say was like, oh, yeah, the Bucks won and I can't wait to watch them in the rest of the playoffs. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, w- this is what you saying after you just got eliminated? Like, I, I probably, I'm, I mean, and he didn't step up. He didn't perform. And you could tell his teammates didn't like playing with him. I'm in, I was on the outside looking in. But then Terry Rozier come out and say the same thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh, I was right. Yeah. yeah Just Terry what Rozier he wasn't a, a good say. he wasn't a good leader. I mean, it's the same team. Obviously, they they faced the Milwaukee Bucks. I get that. But this is the same exact team that took LeBron James Cavs to a Game Seven in yeah. the Eastern Conference Finals. So you you clearly have still a lot of deep love for for the Celtics. That's that's Absolutely. fair to say. So you were you were with that team that had to make moves to put together a championship. They were kind of like the original, like f- first big, big three ish that mm-hmm. team. Right. What was the biggest difference when you added those players to uh, to that locker room? Because it's kind of similar to what's going on with the Lakers. Like the Lakers have a young core and they need to make some some big moves to get some pieces there to be successful. And that's kind of what Boston did. So besides adding, like, veterans, what was the biggest change in that locker room that made well, you guys into champions? Well, see, what what a lot of people didn't understand is, is that before they even made the move to to get KG and get Ray, you got to understand those guys were, like, towards the end of their careers. So they had already com- accomplished everything from all-star games to MVPs to whatever you want to name it. The only thing they hadn't done was won- win the championship. So these guys were 33, 34, 32, you know. So the only thing on their mind was winning the ring. So when they came together, it wasn't it wasn't no hidden agendas. And it's hard when you have a young core. And I was saying the same thing about this Boston team that I said it was going to scare me because they have so much talent, but it's still guys that's trying to find their way. Right. So, you know, Jason Tatum, after coming off a successful season last year, I'm pretty sure he came into this season like, I want to be an all-star. You know what I mean? But on the old 18, we held ourselves accountable, and we had great vets. We had James Posey. We had P.J. Brown. We had Sam Cassell. Mm-hmm. We had Eddie House. And I think – the biggest thing for us was that we we our training camp was in Rome and London, so we was gone for twenty one days. Where it was just us. Mm. Wow. F- phones weren't really. Is that normal? Do teams normally do that, or that was a that was like a unique thing well, to was, that team? It was something that was going on at the time. Where it was training camp, we had to go to uh, Spain 
uh, because of the Bayani getting drafted to Toronto and they wanted to do okay. preseason out there. So it was so, like the NBA did Right. That. Okay. And so we was able to form and, like, you know, went to the Coliseum and we only – our phones really weren't working like that. So we was forced to interact with each so other. So you bonded. Right. Because I think if I know more about you two outside of this media stuff, then my love – go deeper right so right. that means I'm gonna run through a wall for y'all when we get on the court make sense yeah. so I think chemistry forms outside of basketball and then it carries on to the court so what advice would you give because that was something that wor- that worried me about the Celtics too because like you said they're not only do they not know their way they're just trying to get their money right. too and it's hard when you have a coach like Brad Stevens who's maybe having trouble relating to the players how to put people uh, in roles, and that's not a negative thing. Everybody has to play a role in any organization. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. So, what advice would you give, say, the young core from Boston or even here in LA that are trying to prove themselves and make their money, but also need to figure out how to work within mm-hmm. a, an organization to get to be successful? First of all, you got to. First of all, excuse me. You have to be. You have to be honest with yourself and know who you are. Um, you know, and Doc. You know, I never was an all-star, but I had a 15-year career, mm-hmm. and I never made an all-star game because I was a star in my role, and I was cool with who I was. So, meaning, perk, be a defensive anchor, block shots, rebounds. If you get the ball and score, okay, cool, set screens, you'll have a long NBA career. Okay, I was cool. Made good money, had a long NBA career. But nowadays, it's so hard because back then, like, men were men, like, Players were grown men. We made our own decisions. Like, I lived on my own. I traveled to Boston when I was 18. I stayed alone. Like, I didn't have extra friends and extra outsiders to tell me to give me advice. But nowadays, guys have their own circles. So it's hard to match a group when you're hearing advice from different people outside of your cir- outside of the team. So you could be going home and your homeboy and uncle could be telling, you know, uh, Terry Rozier, hey man, man, that's BS, man. You supposed to be getting more touches. Right. Then Jason Tatum go home, his pops could be telling him, man, they doing you wrong. I don't know what Brad Stevens is doing. You see what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, it's like there you go, right there. Mm-hmm. So my own thing is, is that my whole thing is be your own man and control the situation. At the end of the day, you're the NBA player, not your parents, not your brothers, not your sisters, not your friends. So be your own man, control it, and invest yourself and lose yourself in the team. But be honest with yourself and just be a star in your role. So the Lakers are a complete disaster right now. Uh, We were talking when you first came in about what's going on there. And, uh, I mean, there's a lot of different angles that you can go with. Right now, everyone's talking about magic. I personally have no problem. I'm not for snitching, but I don't really consider this a snitching situation. It's not snitching. Like, magic needed to say what he needed to say because magic's getting thrown under the bus. And I don't like the whole thing with the laziness. I'm going to just say it. It has a little bit of a racial undertone that makes me uncomfortable. Magic Johnson is not a lazy person. He is very successful. And magic did, he worked with the gifts that were given him. Mm -hmm. He is a big personality. Mm -hmm. He comes in a room and makes things happen. So he got in a room with other successful people who, by the way, had people who they worked with to help them get to successful it's not an accident magic is where he is and he's getting thrown under the bus like this disaster and this mess wasn't existing before him last i checked Jeannie bust had to take this organization over from her brother who was running into the ground so i have no problem with what magic said or did 
Um, it doesn't sound like you did either, but where do the Lakers go from here? So this, so I'm I'm with you on that one. Magic had to protect his brand and his name, and Ma- Magic was man enough to call out. He didn't like. It's a difference. Like you have certain guys that are that I call cowards. That means like you know they want to throw stones and hide their hand, right. so they want to be the anonymous source. Uh, they want to go talk to a reporter on the side and say, "Oh, well, I'm gonna call up." Chris Broussard today, I'm going to call up Skip Bayless, but I'm going to tell him, don't say it came from me, right. but mm-hmm. it's from him. No, he manned up and actually, oh, I'm going to go on first take and tell you why I quit, and this is the reason I quit, because Rob Palenka, who's been known, whose character been questioned through even when he was mm-hmm. an agent, backstabbed him. The problem I have with the Lakers is, is that instead of hiring the right people for the job, they hired their friends. Mm. You know what I mean? So the connection, Kobe, Rob Palenka, agency, high Rob, okay, uh, Kurt Rambis, uh, his his wife is good friends with Jenny uh, Buzz, so we're going to keep it all in circle. Even even the hiring of Magic, instead of hiring the right people for the job, you hire your friends, and that's a recipe for disaster. Have you seen or been a part of an organization that is this poorly run before? No, never. I mean, Come I didn't be- I ha- no, you know what? I tell you what. Um, I've only, I only been a part of four. Okay. So Boston was great. OKC yeah. was absolutely great. I mean, from top to bottom, Cleveland was good. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially, I thought Griff, who the Pelicans just got, he right. yeah. he ran that organization at a high level. Now the Pelicans that was ran by Dale Demps, I hated it. I hated it because. Dale Demps is a liar. Mm. Um, I'd rather you keep it straightforward. He didn't, he, 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 you know, I never wish bad on nobody, but that was one guy that it made my day for him to get fired. Well, I mean, it kind of fits the narrative of what happened with the Lakers and the trade deadline, if that's what you're saying, how how he got down, because there were leaks that, were just impossible. It was right. like as soon as and, a new name and, came up, it was out. And you know what's crazy? The crazy part about it is he's he's the one that that I call as a coward because when Anthony Davis and Rich Paul asked for the trade, they didn't make it public. Dale Demps made it public. So he wanted to put it out there. Instead Man. of them handling the business, you know, under the radar, he made it public on purpose to try to embarrass AD mm-hmm. or try to make AD look like the bad guy. Yeah. I, I, before we let him go, I got to talk about the transition. you talk about things taking it personal. I, on spring break, went to Miami and saw you at OKC. And <laughs> you had just got there and you went off on LeBron, D-Wade, uh, all them and I felt the personal because like I, I hear it in your voice you like you came right from the Celtics you wanted to make a statement and you went off and you did your thing and it, it, that, that personal that you bring around like I still hear that when you talk about the Pelicans so you always keep it real and I so yeah. appreciate that thank man. you man That's- I just try to man I just try to be you know like they say keep it 100 and just try to be a good guy man I don't you know want to cause no problems but you always got to be real with people you know what I mean at all times you do it in such a in such a calm way though I know and I, I, I think I'm a cool dude <laughs> yeah, no. everybody you, like man Perk man you nah I'm a cool dude I'm really a fun dude I with, don't with all those people at OKC though you didn't hear a bunch of that I felt like that's where you might have heard somebody like 
talking to Westbrook like, hey man, or talking to James Harden like, you probably should, man, you probably should be running this so, thing right now. So, like, does that happen? Then? So, so look, I'm, I'm gonna give you some insight. So I love when I got traded from Boston to OKC, right? You gotta understand, I met up with a young Russell Westbrook, a mm-hmm. young James Harden, a young Kevin Durant that just tasted the playoffs, right? So I'm leaving a I'm leaving a team where we was all just built around championships, right? But then I get to OKC and it's like these guys are trying to find their way. Mm-hmm. So they did have different cliques, but as a twenty, I was twenty six as a, at the time. So what I did was I took the leadership role from the jump. And I made guys, we hung out, period. Mm. So it wasn't no more clicks. It right. wasn't no more old James and Russ hanging out here, KD hanging out with this guy over here. Nah, we, hey, as soon as we land in the city, hey, what y'all doing, man? We got dinner at 8 o'clock. Beautiful. Dang. And it translated over. Next thing you know, get better. We started making a couple deep runs. And, you know, and I told him, man, hey, man, you got to block out outsiders I don't care if it's your daddy your mom or whatever like this is your job you know yeah. what I mean they never been in this position so you got a bond as a team absolutely well, we could talk to you for a lot longer but we'll have Man. you on again uh, welcome to the FS1 family by hey, the way well, thanks, thanks for having me we, we appreciate it um, and you kept it real which we, we appreciate <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what we do around here alright thank y'all <laughs> it's dinner time mm. you've had a long day your stomach is rumbling and you can't decide what you're going to eat tonight this Ooh. happens all too frequently with DoorDash you don't need to get up from the couch to order a great meal DoorDash connects you to all of your favorite restaurants in your city ordering is easy just use the DoorDash app and choose what you want to eat and your dash will bring it right to you wherever you are not only is that burger place that you love on DoorDash already but over 310,000 other amazing restaurants are too that's a lot of Mm -hmm. restaurants DoorDash connects you with door-to-door delivery in over 3,300 cities and in all 50 states across the United States and Canada Order from your local go-tos or choose from your favorite chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, Chick-fil-A, and the Cheesecake Factory. So don't worry about dinner. Let dinner come to you with DoorDash. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off their first order of $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code JOY. That's $5 off your first order when you download the DoorDash app from the App Store and enter promo code JOY. Again, that's promo code JOY for $5 off your first order from DoorDash. All right, what am I winning or quitting today? The Lakers had a press conference officially introducing their new head coach, Frank Vogel, while LeBron James stood nearby with nothing to say. Vogel preached togetherness shortly after Magic Johnson went on a press run telling the world just how messy the Lakers' front office is. Joy, a dysfunctional front office will keep superstar free agents from joining the Lakers. With it or quit it? With it, for sure. Without question. I told you I I, I RIP'd the Lakers, uh, I believe, two weeks ago. Yes. Um, Prematurely. Well, not content-wise. Content, content, they are the greatest thing that's ever happened. Yes, very Hollywood. Um, As far as actual success, um, I've deaded that. That's not going to happen. Not not in this tenure. I'm very, very, very disappointed because I, I went all in on Jeannie Buss. I believed in her. I thought that she had, she had the, the gumption to run the world world and get this together. And instead we have a literal bleep show. It is the biggest bleep show in sports, maybe in sports history. Every single day, it's a new wrinkle and a new thing and a new story and a new leak and a new incredible twist and turn that literally in Hollywood, you could not create because we would be watching the show like, (sighs) 
We'll just see. relax. Can we just have a conversation thumbs. before the next thing happens? It would be too much. But it isn't. It's reality. It's too much. So they had the press conference. Well, first of all, let's start with magic. Okay. Yes. Magic forever. Okay. That's, I mean, what can <laughs> yes. we make a, can we make a magic forever, like hand sign? Can we do something? A gang sign for magic? Yeah. <laughs> I work on like, it. Like not Wakanda forever. We got to yeah. find something for magic I wanna, forever. I want to step into anyone else's territory trying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Making up gang signs. I'm going to do it probably probably off not. air. Come right. in with a strong, you uh, yeah, know what I mean? And be convinced that you're not bothering anybody with right, it. That's right, probably right, smart. Right, right, right. So anyway. Hold on. Sorry. Is there like a database or you can You feel sure? like you really had to weigh in on the gang sign conversation. <laughs> yeah, so, I had a question. It, it's, it's, very, it's, it's, a, it's a question I'm not even going to acknowledge. So anyway, um, Magic decided to go full scorched earth mother bleepers on the Lakers. Yes. And particularly um, Rob Palenka. They are not cool. Not currently. Well, not in the past. Palinka is not invited to the yacht, yacht Italy trip. <laughs> so he, he he basically said that Palinka was stabbing him in the back mm-hmm. and he, he just he scorched earth the Lakers and then the Lakers had their press conference yesterday introducing Frank Vogel. Horrible timing, great timing by Magic Johnson to have his interview before that, <sighs> yeah. which was not an accident. Okay, no. for, for all of you out there trying to figure out how that happened, not an accident. Now, the Lakers knew that Magic was going to be on there, so they could have moved the press conference around, but they chose not to for whatever inexplicable reason. Mm-hmm. We all know whoever gets to the mic first wins. Um, <laughs> that, that, however, that being said, I'm fully on Magic's side. Now, Palinka came out and said that everything Magic said is just simply not true. So somebody lying. No, okay? that's, that's very hard to believe. Somebody to is say lying. Everything, because right? he said a lot of different. He said things. a lot of things. Yes. And it's impossible for everything he said to not right. be true. Okay, so the bottom line is this: I don't think it's Palinka's fault. I don't think it's Magic's fault. I don't think it's LeBron's fault. I don't think it's Tim Harris's fault. I don't think that it's Linda and uh, Kurt Rambis's fault. I don't think it's Rich Paul's fault. What? I don't think it's the injury's fault. Who? I think it's Jeannie Buss's fault because mm. Jeannie Buss is the owner of the team. You took this team over from your brother because your brother couldn't do it. Mm-hmm. So you took it. You literally said, I am taking this over. There's too much going on. And the, and the realest thing that Magic said was there's too many voices in the room. Yep. Anytime you have too many people making a decision, it's a disaster. Now, you can have a room full of people to advise you. Lots of people have advisory boards. Most people have advisory boards. Mm-hmm. But you know what? At the end of the day, it's one person's decision. One. And it should be one person's decision because you have to have a stru- power structure. And everybody's voice can't have an, a different amount of weight in the right. decision also. Like, who else you, do you go with? And like, okay, this decision, we are going with forward with this. Like, you have to have, in order to have a, a, a well-run organization, it has to be in place from the top. It's not about the players. It's not about the facilities. Mm-hmm. It's not about the city that you're in. None of that matters. It's the owner and the and the front office. But my caveat to why this isn't the end of the Lakers is L- L- Magic is currently talking about a lot of things that happened in the past, Right. Moving forward, he says he's fine with Rob Palenka making basketball decisions for the Lakers, if that's going to be what he is doing. And Frank Vogel, as short of a tenure as planned for him, period, what he's talking about right now is great. The togetherness, like his quote, we need to build togetherness, starting with ownership in the front office, coaching staff, players, we're all going to be pulling in the same direction. That message and that that now he may not have the time to get that actually implemented completely by the time he gets about it in three years but trying and attempting that is more than 
anyone in that front office has tried to do up until this point. First of all, we all know he's not going to be coaching there for three years because Jason Kidd is sitting right there the whole time. Okay? That's one. Two, he is right. Everything he's saying is completely true. That is how you should build an organization. It's not about just getting all the guys in the court on the same page, which is hard enough as it is. You have to get every single person from the top to the very bottom, Mm -hmm. from your highest paid employee to to the lowest, all on the same page with the same mantra, the same culture. That's why the Spurs are successful. That's why the Patriots are successful. That's why the Warriors are successful. Because you have everyone understanding we are a championship organization. When you come to work, you do championship level work or it's buh bye and that's not the case with the Lakers it's you just come to work and then you figure out what you want to do when you get to work and that's just the truth it has so been I past, believe yes. that Frank Vogel said the right thing do mm-hmm. I believe that that's going to happen no because you still haven't heard from Jeannie Buss she needs to come out and say this is these are the two people I want to hear two names Vogel and Palenka I don't want to hear about nobody else. I don't want to hear about no Tim Harris. I don't want to hear about no Rambuses. I don't want to hear about LeBron. I don't mm. want to hear nothing else. Chris Paul. And, the, and LeBron has rightly distanced himself from it because this is not LeBron's mess. This was messy way before LeBron got well, here, and this is not his responsibility, and he did not damage this. Luke Walton was not Magic Sky. Magic wanted Luke out. Magic wanted to fix things. Whether yeah. his ideas were the right ideas or not, somebody had to have ideas and make a decision. So I'm fully on Magic's side. He, he had every right to come out and say what he needed to say. And just kick it with the lazy sh- too. The, Magic Johnson is not lazy. Yeah. Hello? How do you think rich people get richer? Do you think that they're like in their offices like, we've been here for six hours, it's not enough time. No, it's they go to golf together or they go have a scotch and they make business deals together and then they go make them happen and then other people do the work. Hello, Magic Johnson got rich and famous from working very hard at playing basketball and making connections. That's how it works. So everyone's like, oh, like Magic, you know, he's just really privileged. Magic, what? Magic is not privileged. And more importantly, Magic has the one thing that everybody else doesn't have. Magic. There's a reason they call him that. That's not his real name, okay? okay? The reason they call him that is because he can walk into a room and make shit happen. You can't pay for that. There's no college degree. Here's your make shit happen degree. Congratulations, you're going to be a billionaire. No, it's not how it works. So this whole idea like, oh, he didn't really know what his job was. He thought he was going to do what he did with the Dodgers. He's a part one 0.01% owner of the Dodgers. Of course, all he has to do is show up and shake hands and make them elevated in their in their the, marketing. He's he he absolutely tried to do his job there. He always said he was going to do other stuff as he should. And guess what? All those other rich people that run that stuff, they do they do other stuff too. Completely understand and there was a conversation about how much he would be around already in place. That's why it felt backstab E, but the person you're saying is at fault is the one who put Magic Johnson in the position of power. So, is that was that an issue? Or is or is Jeannie need no, to No, but they, she didn't put him in a position of power, which is the point, which is his problem. Okay, that's fair. She hired yeah. him and then she was like, What you can only make five decisions this month. Okay, yeah. And then Tim Harris has one decision to make and we have to save two of these for Lyndon and Kurt. It's not how it works. You hire a president, you give him the title, he makes the decisions. That's how it works. It's a power structure everywhere in life for a reason. If you don't like it, go be the man yourself. People are working on it. I don't know. It's a disaster of epic proportions. It, it, it looks good in the future, though. No, it doesn't. It, okay. look, it looks exactly the same. It's okay. still, still a complete and utter disaster. All right, what's next? 
The Warriors are going back to the finals for the fifth straight season, despite not having KD, Boogie, or Iggy available. Golden State finished up their sweep sweep of the Blazers Monday night behind historic double-doubles from Steph and Draymond. Joy, the Golden State Warriors are the greatest NBA team of all time. Win it or quit it. I'm going to quit it. No, there's no way you can. Statistically, they are. Like, they just are. I'm going to quit it. But the Boston Celtics, when there's nine teams in the NBA, I think <laughs> like they are. I, I don't think, like it. I they think are. that it is. It's it's. Well, first of all, they've been in the discussion for a while now, obviously. Yes, yes, but yes. I think what they're doing in this particular run, like we've talked about it all year, like, OK, we already know the Warriors are going to win the West. Like, mm-hmm. who's going to win the East? And they're like, Yay, the East is going to be so interesting this year. And it actually was. For that matter, the West was very interesting as well. Mm-hmm. But what they're doing feels a little bit like, oh, we forgot that the Warriors are actually very, very good to quite good without yeah. Kevin Durant. Now, yeah. they are better with Kevin Durant. So stop saying that they are not as good. I mean, that they're, they're, that they are better without the it's best a different player watch. in the NBA. It is, and it's actually more enjoyable. That, that's that's what we're going to get around. And it's nice to be able to appreciate Clay and Steph Curry. Yes, for, and to see Draymond. And, and Draymond's, well, Draymond's just balling. Like, but you get a chance like, to see him win and spin. He, didn't get, he couldn't do that with KD in the, in the mix, clearly. Yeah, I, I wasn't missing that. But it's nice to see that Draymond is, is playing well. Draymond's playing well. I'm going to give him credit. He's playing well. Great, actually. But the point is, everyone making this, this whole to-do about like how the how the Warriors were done when KD went out. The Warriors lost to LeBron in game seven. They were one Kyrie shot away from winning that championship. They act everyone acts like they got swept in the finals or something. And a LeBron block. And I understand that okay, well, all right. It, okay. it, it was it was, it was a block right. it was a block made for two. Like it was it was <laughs> like okay. I'm, I'm with Skip on that. He had, he had some help. It wasn't like okay. You know. okay. But anyway, it was a very nice block. Okay, all time great block. Whatever. <laughs> great. The point is, it was not like it was like this disaster. Okay. Right. The disaster was they were the greatest regular season team mm-hmm. of all time, so they should have won that championship, obviously. Right. And uh, that was obviously the discussion. But when you look down at like the greatest teams of all time, obviously you know it's the Bull, the Bulls of the '90s are in that mm-hmm. conversation. Jordan, the, the Lakers, all through the '80s, five championships, nine finals. Mm. I mean, Kareem, Magic, James Worthy, Bob McAdoo, like Pat Kurt, Riley, Kurt Rambis. He was on the team. Thank you for that. He was on the team. Uh, I mean, the Celtics. Like you're right. There were all of five teams. I mean, I'm not discrediting their championships. It's great. Is it? Or does it sound like the startup of a, a, lot, of a company? A lot of co- a, lot, a long drink of coffee for it, but <laughs> no, I mean it's Bill Russell. Like there, there, it wasn't. It was an NBA championship, and that's all I'm going to say about it. I'm just okay. saying in this particular situation, you look at NBA dynasties, and you have to talk about the Spurs. Mm-hmm. Gotta um, talk about Spurs. Timmy D. I mean the Celtics. The Celtics in the '80s too. Like they had three championships, went to the finals five times. I actually felt the need to put the Minneapolis Lakers on there too. That's where they started. They was the Lakers. Every once in a while, she 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 knows I'm Ron Burgundy, so I'm just gonna keep. I'm just gonna read my notes down. The point is, I think we really need to appreciate what's happening because for all of the Warriors hate that people have spewn over mm-hmm. this whole run. Yep. It's pretty incredible what the Warriors are doing, and I'm with you. Like, I'd like to see another team win a championship, but I also don't want to be that person who didn't appreciate greatness when I was watching it. And like, they are really, really. Really, really incredible. Okay, rooting for greatness and appreciating are two different, very different things. I I appreciate Tom Brady's greatness. I recognize it. I only I just on now it. recently appreciated it for his for ninety eight percent of his career. I hated it. Well, that's a good point because right now you could argue is the same 
tipping point for Tom Brady as it is for the Warriors. A 45-year-old Tom Brady, what's he going to do next? A Warriors, they're going to their fifth straight finals and could lose Kevin Durant and a lot of the pieces on that team. What are they going to do next? So the Warriors as a basketball team being dominant and the greatest team ever, I don't think it's debatable. It's boring, but it's not debatable. It's definitely debatable as the greatest team ever, but they are they are pretty incredible. And I think if they lose KD and still win another championship, I think it's it's just a lock. Like they won with done. a G League team last night. I mean, kid, what are you talking there about? Was, there were some G League players so, that is on such, the on the, the starting lineup that is of the Warriors. Take exaggeration. How's it hot take? You can see that by the play. Like, there's a person that was in the starting lineup that. Month years ago, spent one hundred and seventy five dollars to make the NBA. Years ago, a couple years, Alfonso McKinney was playing like three on three basketball for bribes in Mexico, like two seasons ago. So it's pretty amazing. Well, he's that not he's no here more. Now. Yeah, now and, I mean that's a credit to what the Warriors are able to do and their front office is numbers. able to do. Oh my God! But I'm not giving. I don't care. It's I don't like care. A slogan. What do you want? You can talk all you want about the Next Warriors. Man up, bro. You can talk all you want about the Warriors, but you can't talk about Steph Curry because I'm not going to give Steph Curry individual flowers for being a great NBA player until LeBron's out of the league. Because how can I? You LeBron nice. has no one and went to eight straight NBA finals. Has no Well, according one. to you, Steph Curry's had playing no with one. the G League team. So, so. D-, D Wade's no one? Come on now, bro. We're saying bro way too much for my comfort right now. But the point is, you have to give Steph Curry credit. He's played incredible. He's had over 35 points in every single game of this series. He's he's been unbelievable, and they are unbelievable. And I I need to give credit where credits due because they are they are yeah because the, the Portland Trailblazers were woo! okay. And small note about the Portland Trailblazers they were they they did blow a bunch of these okay. But I will say I don't feel bad about the Portland Trailblazers. They're going to be back next year. They're still going to be good. I don't look at that as a disastrous. I mean, a sweep is a sweep. Like it's not great. Obviously, I would have much right. preferred more basketball. And I thought that it would at least go six, but. It is what it is. Damian Lillard was hurt. Like they, 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 they had some pieces missing. I think they're going to be back next year and be competitive. So I'm, I'm not fully bothered by the fact that they got swept. It like it's not the end of the world. Yeah, they were all competitive games. That's all I can ask for, right? No. Okay. Well, <laughs> agree, disagree. Hear ye, hear ye. Big Ben is petty. Mm. So Ben Roethlisberger has decided he has had enough time to gather his thoughts. Yes. He's willing to do an interview. He went on KDKA and discussed um, various things about what happened this season, including uh, his radio show appearance after the loss to Denver. That's the, that's not the water bottle that we use on the show. I know. I did. And, I, I yeah. broke the other one, <laughs> right. so we need to okay. steal off someone else's steal off somebody else's desk. Right. Anyway, so that was when he basically said, like, he it, it was Antonio Brown's fault. And it, it, he listened back to it. He didn't exactly say that, but he just he passed he passed the credit around more than he needed to. Yeah. You threw the interception, and it was a bad one. If you watch, uh, we showed the tape of it earlier yeah. today. I was like, oh, yeah. No wonder Antonio he, Brown snapped. That, that he did was have a point, such though. Such a bad interception that I could see someone snapping and never forgiving you. For right. No, no, no. The, re- no. the reaction afterwards, like saying like, you should have just kept going flat. Now he should have planned it and just went flat. It wouldn't have happened, but drifting didn't help. You can't just drift. I'm saying Ben Roethlisberger threw it directly to the I person know, in front of him I know. who didn't play for his team. I know. Anyway, so Ben Russell said, um, every quarterback has done it. That's yeah. not the point. It's mm-hmm. not, It wasn't the worst interception of all time. It was a bad interception, but most interceptions in general are bad. Yes. So, uh, 
it's not the end of the world. What made it the end of the world is saying that it's Antonio Brown's fault when you straight threw a potato sack to somebody. Anyway, he said, I know I took some heat, and deservedly so. I genuinely feel bad about that. Five months later. And I'm sorry. Did I go too far after that Denver game? Yeah, probably. And I regretted it. That's the thing about media and social media and things like that. You can't take it back. I wish I could because that's if that's what ruined our friendship and our relationship, then I'm genuinely sorry about that. Antonio Brown responded on Twitter, two-face. So he mm. clearly does not agree or have any thoughts in the positive direction about Ben saying anything. This is way too late of, a, of an apology. Like, it's True. I don't even know what the point of this interview was for real because I, I don't know what I expected. Some air need to be cleared. Did it? It's so long from now. Yeah. Antonio Brown is gone. Like this, this is something that should have happened the week after. Like, have some humility. Yeah. I don't know. I, my whole thing with the Steelers is I'm very upset about it because, uh, as you mentioned, uh, the Steelers and the Browns are in the same conversation right now, and that's unacceptable to me. Okay. <laughs> The, the, the Steelers squandered Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Ben Roethlisberger on the same team together. Squandered it. And if you want to take it a step further, they squandered Antonio Brown, Le'Veon Bell, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Ben Roethlisberger on the same team mm. together. Because if they had figured it out with Le'Veon Bell, then they would have all played together. And by the way, you missed the playoffs last year, so don't talk to me about how Le'Veon Ooh. Bell didn't make a difference or not, okay? Because right. you can talk all you want about the running game. There was a piece missing, and he didn't make the playoffs. Yep. So one plus one equals missed playoffs. So the point it's is, math. it is simple math, yeah, it is. okay? And it's not hard. Hmm? It's not hard. They teach it to you when you're young. And then you forget most of it, and you just use a calculator on your iPhone. The point is, I'm, <laughs> now, as I've been saying all the time, now is the opportunity for the Steelers to show that they really are completely functional it's not on ben there's no noise we've got it all figured out mm -hmm. it really was just levy on an antonio brown well here's your chance i i don't i don't know what this interview did i don't it didn't change my opinion of the situation whatsoever not that i'm fully on antonio brown's side right. but this doing this five uh, five months after the season ended it's like what for and why randomly right now he has teammates currently on the team they he they need to see him own up to something that they probably thought was foul as well Right, so it it is retroactively now. What we expected from AB, AB's been childish about everything since he left the Steelers. While he was with the Steelers, so him saying Two Face like what he was like, oh thanks, so such great to hear from Big Ben and his opinion <laughs> on this. Uh, I look forward to seeing you in the AFC. I'm like no, like they're competing. AB's childish. Big B, Big B. <laughs> Big Ben is trying to restart Big Big. his. He's trying to. He. This is uh. What is what is the thing called when you uh, change your character? You go on a. You trying to change the way you're perceived. A publicity tour. Yeah, but it's like when you when you when you trying, trying to, to redeem flip. himself. Yeah, it's like a redemption, like a. Oh, like, a redemption tour. Opposite of a heel turn. Baby I don't face. know. There's not. There's not a word for it. But Big Ben needs it. He's gonna be back. There Skin's is a dinner. word. I just can't help you because I can't think of it. Either. I know. He's he's he. But he's he's having fun with his teammates on on his lake. No, he's like, trying to change the perception, and yes. I get it. And and it's fine. And it's a, it's nice that he's making that effort. And you're probably right. That's probably what it is. Is that That's he wants everyone else on the team to know that he's trying. This interview was at his house. I don't know mm. how much effort that is. Um, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, I'm sure he has a nice house. Yeah, Where's he gonna go? I don't have a problem with him doing it in the house. You want to do it somewhere comfortable. But I, I just. I don't know. I, I I don't know that it's changed anything perceptive outside of the team. But maybe right. you're right. Maybe it's maybe it's for internal purposes. It's time for high key, low key. High key, low key. I thought. Nope. <sighs> I can never really do this. It's never clicked. 
Instagram. One day, one day we'll find out how we how to answer this. Um, all right. So high key, Kawhi has been incredible. Low key, I'm still right. He's definitely leaving the Raptors. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kawhi basically has just decided that if the Raptors are going to have any chance of winning this series, he's just going to have to be the most incredible basketball player that we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And play all the minutes. And play all the minutes. He played a career-high 52 minutes. Now, granted, it was double overtime. Right. So, you know, you have that. But mm-hmm. he finished with 36 points and 9 rebounds and 5 assists in that double overtime win. I still think this series goes long, um, but I've said that from the beginning. I mean, all, all the games were won by the the teams who were supposed to win the games. So we're not in a weird spot yet. Um, however, true, true however, um, Kawhi is, and he looked like he was playing injured for most of the game as yeah, well. Like hobbled. he clearly landed weird mm-hmm. and, you know, there just wasn't time for that, which I also appreciate. I just think I'm glad Kawhi is getting the attention that he deserves because he, he kind of got hammered a little bit when he left the Spurs and then, you know, he's been sitting out for a lot of games this season. It's kind of like everyone forgot how great he is mm-hmm. and he's having the opportunity to shine and that it's good because he's really great. And I, I'm kind of... There's going to be so much movement with the free agents, obviously, in a couple weeks. And I'm just, I really, I don't know, it's weird. Like, I, I kind of want to go to the Clippers. Oh. I just feel like him on the Clippers, yes. they're going to be really good. And the Lakers are so very stinky right now mm-hmm. and dysfunctional. Mm-hmm. And I just like that. And it's it's kind of like another notch. Like, by the way, other LA team, this is how you put together a winning franchise. No, the, the competition should make the Lakers better. So come on over. Um, all right. Next is uh, Kevin Durant's high key. Uh, KD is, is being mad disrespected. Right now, and yep. Loki, I definitely think he's going to New York. So, KD's injured, obviously. He had mm-hmm. a calf strain. Um, it, at least it's not an Achilles. Right. Well, I mean, calf strains take a long time to, to sure. heal from. I, I bet. Listen, Earl said he had a calf strain, and he said it's very, very painful. How and long is he out with And the strain? only thing, uh, I don't know how long he was out for exactly, but he's like, you have to rest. Like, you can't, it's very hard to rehab it because yeah, part of the sense. rehab is resting. So, mm-hmm. I, I don't. I don't even know if we're going to see him in the finals. We we very well may not. Now they are going to have a long time off since they just swept the Blazers. Nine long days. But I think that all this talk about how they don't need Kevin Durant and they're better without Kevin Durant is just kind of the perfect just exit mm-hmm. strategy thing. Yep. Not that it's strategy, but it's just it's the perfect opening door for Kevin Durant to leave. Like they they want Kevin Durant to stay. They should really be out here like, we are not good without Kevin Durant. We mm-hmm. need KD back now. And they're still saying that, but we're, no. but we're they are, they, Clay says we need him back immediately. Like uh, the, the Warriors are acting as if this is a huge thing and it probably is for them, but they know. That, that's what I'm saying. But because they know, we know. That's yeah. why everyone keeps saying that. Like, yeah. honestly, every single interview should be like, we just miss KD. We can't wait till KD gets back. Nothing matters without KD. Essentially is what they're saying. No, it's not. They're kind of hard. I don't they're know. Asked He's about just it. definitely going to New York. I mean, it's it, it's it's the perfect easy way for him to be out. Like if he if they had won another championship, it'd be really with him healthy. Like obviously they were probably still going to win, but with yeah. him healthy, it would have been harder I think for him to leave because everyone would be like, why wouldn't you just stay and try and win four? But now. It's they they won three in a row. Well, they will win three in a row, but he's not healthy and he's being questioned about whether they even need him there. It's the perfect way for him to exit, and he's going to to the next, and it's going to be glorious. Um, finally, oh the Browns. So high key, the Browns are are really really sensitive and low key. 
I, I'm I'm truly confused as as to why it's happening. So Odell went off on Colin Cowherd. Yes. Uh, the herd, uh, mm-hmm. noon to three Eastern time on Shouts episode out. one. Uh, you can see me on there. We yes. Um, while I was gone, <laughs> yes, <laughs> I was Friday, out this yes. Friday. Mm-hmm. Odell and and Baker. Odell started it, and then Baker kind of Colin started it. it. No, he did not. B- Colin and I did a segment. Where it was like um, Family Feud style. Yes. And we just listed all the things that Odell has, has been linked to in his career. Top 10 moments for Top Odell 10 moments. Beckham. Beckham. One of them was Beckman. on the field. Beckham. Beckham. Yes. Uh, was on the field. And that was obviously the catch, mm-hmm. which he's most known for, uh, in a loss. And then all these other, you know, various things like the boat trip and the fight with Josh Norman Mm -hmm. and the incident in the hotel room, Mm -hmm. the incident with the kicking nets, the proposing to the kicking nets, yeah, being traded, yes, um, and some other things. Mm -hmm. None of them were untrue. All actually, I believe, have accompanying video to validate that they actually (laughs) happen. So this is not, they're not making things up. But Odell got very sensitive in his feelings about it and he's to clap back at Colin, which he has every right to do. Mm -hmm. And then Baker weighed in and like defended him and called Colin a clown and, you know, he's 26, his greatest moments are ahead of him. Now my opinion of Odell and Baker and the Browns in general is different than Colin's. We're both excited about it, but I do think that they actually are going to be good this year Mm -hmm. despite all of this noise. But my thing with the Browns is this. It's really not necessary to be so sensitive. Nothing that anyone is saying about the Browns is untrue. Nothing. Nothing. Odell still has plenty of potential to be great. Baker has plenty of potential to be great. He's he's only in his second year. We don't know what Freddie Kitchens is. There's lots of other pieces there. Jarvis Landry. There's there's, there's lots of other pieces there. You still finished in third place last year, okay? okay? Nobody's holding that against you, all right? Most of all me, because I said Baker should have started from the beginning of the season. I don't know what the hell Hugh Jackson was doing there. It was a disaster. You set this, the entire season up for disaster from the very beginning. But let's just stop and pump the brakes with the being sensitive about people being critical of Cleveland. You have done nothing. You have accomplished nothing. Joy. All you have done is changed pieces and, and, and changed the coach. And stop. I'm not saying that you're going to improve. You did improve from last year, and you deserve credit for that. But pump the brakes with the with, with the whole nobody can say anything about the Browns thing. I mean, what what the hell have the Browns done in the last 20 years that should merit any kind of, uh, of, of discussion about us not talking about them? And as far as Colin talking about Odell, this is what we do. We talk about okay. popular things. Mm-hmm. Nothing Colin said was untrue. Where's the lie? Yes, but in the last 20 months, the Browns have done some winning. And you keep talking about where they finished off in the AFC North, one of the most competitive, tough divisions in the National Football League. You can talk about them finishing third, but let's talk about the wins that got them with that third place finish. Wins. You finished better than the Bengals. Congratulations. Before that, they won no games. They won no games. Like, this is like, it's a shit. So you won more games than the Bengals. They haven't done nothing. Congratulations. They tied your Steelers. Just letting you know. Steelers had a terrible year. Okay. And uh, guess what? The Steelers have no problem saying they had a terrible year. That's the difference. It was a bad year. The Browns had a pretty good year considering. Considering what? Their history. Okay, but that's my point. You are proving my point. I am very excited for the Browns this year. I can't wait to see Baker and Odell play together. I can't wait to see Baker and Jarvis Landry. I'm very excited to see what Freddie Kitchens does. I'm rooting for him, okay? I, which is very weird to say because I generally hate the Browns. Right. And I'm not a big fan of Cleveland. I'm from Pittsburgh, okay? 
that said, everyone just stop being so sensitive. Like it's enough already. Browns fans, like e- pe- people come at me on Twitter, and it takes you know it takes every you know it takes everything I got. Like it takes everything I got. Okay, because I've been trying to do better. I'm trying to do better. All right, I'm trying to be a better person and not clap back all the time. I had a bad week last week, but a lot was happening. Okay, yeah. so I can't. I just can't get involved with the Browns fans again. You know, you know what I mean. We've been in a truce. And I'm trying yes. to say calm, yes. but it's like enough already. Yeah. Usually it takes a pretty well worded tweet for your clapback. Now it's just like say one thing stupid. <laughs> Joy, Last Joy, week was Joy not a reflection timeline. of of my normal social media habits. Okay. Things happen in the world. But I meant everything I said. Amen. So if you're upset about it, deal with it. If you don't unfollow. like it, unfollow. Yeah. And I won't miss you, Mm-mm. and I mean that. For all of you that do following, we love you and appreciate yes, your yeah, support. Appreciate you. Yeah, really, we work we really do. hard. We do. Yeah. We do. We try. We, we try to do a good show. Loser power the rankings. Loser power rankings. These are the losers. The losers of the week. Okay, so the Giants. Mm. All right, so Pat Shermer mm-hmm. uh, said that Eli was looking very good in his first day of practices. And then um, the beat writer for Newsday came out and said Eli went one for six with two picks. So they're, they're still doing that thing where they're convinced that Eli Manning is snapping out of the, the thing that happens when you get old and you can't play sports anymore. And to add to that, Landon Collins, so they, they, they traded Odell, obviously, and Olivier Vernon. And they also let Landon Collins go. Mm-hmm. Uh, they also uh, moved on from from Snacks, who's a friend of the show. Um, so mm-hmm. Landon Collins told ESPN, uh, I know with myself, Snacks, Odell, Vernon, we, all we wanted to do was win. And we spoke up because we had to get them to listen to us. We had to get, let, get them to get us winning pieces to help us at least be contenders. I think we were too vocal. If it's not good media, they don't want that kind of media. And Dave Gettleman, that's the GM, never even talked to me, basically. I don't know him. He don't know me. That's kind of how it was. Dang. So the Giants are are not getting any better than they were last year. Mm-mm. And I'll, like this always happens where players move on and then they talk about what ha- what was actually going on in the organization. Right. And Odell talked about this not too long ago where he was like, uh, he's not back at the fan. And it was like, I am a cancer to, an, to a locker room that doesn't want to win. Right. Um, and it's kind of like, not the best wording, but right. I understand what he was trying to say. And yes. now Landon Collins is backing this up as well. Where like the veteran guys who were passionate were being labeled as like, problems mm-hmm. when in reality they're just not okay with being me- mediocre and losing which i've always found fascinating in the nba when teams tank is like how do you get into the mindset of like it's okay we're just going to lose every single night right. and the reason why that doesn't work and i'm not saying the giants are tanking obviously they're just okay with sucking well they're one of the few teams that got worse in the draft so and they moved on from People like Odell and Landon Collins yeah. and Snacks and Olivier Vernon. Now, teams move on from good players all the time for various reasons, but it seems as if the Giants are like, no, we're going to be good. We know what we're doing, and everybody else doesn't know what they're doing. And, and, and that's just not the case. It's very dysfunctional there. It's disappointing because the NFL is better when the Giants are good, mm-hmm. and it seems like it's going to be a long time from that. And I, I, I've always felt like the tanking and the okay with being mediocre is a recipe for years and years, if not decades, of sadness and defeat. And uh, a very unhappy fan base because the reality is you cannot create you cannot just snap your fingers and create a winning culture. You cannot create like go through years to year to year with an organization and a a team and let them know it's okay for them to just just do the bare minimum or it's you know we lost but it's not that big of a deal because we're working towards this. Mm -hmm. Losing can never be acceptable because you can't walk in the room six months later and be like 
We are now ready to be championship yes. contenders. Think like a champion. Forget everything we said before. We're winners now. It's not how it works. No. So the Giants, still losers. Also, the other New York team, the Jets. Mm. So there was lots of no noise about the Jets this week. Adam Gase, obviously, uh, is the new head coach. And he had a not-so-flattering press conference. Everyone was very surprised about um, his bulging eyes, which I don't really care about because I don't, I don't get into what people look like. Um, also, I knew he had bulging eyes because he was in Miami. So it was just like news to everyone else. But that kind of has now added to his whole mystique with yeah. the Jets, like that whole it's thing. Craziness. Right. And he took over as the interim GM because their GM was apparently not talking to him during the draft process, which seems insane. And then there was talks about he doesn't really want Le'Veon Bell, which obviously also seems insane. The bottom line is the Jets aren't any better either. Mm. I'm not a huge Gase believer. I also don't think it's good when you have all these stories coming out about how you're not really good at what you do when mm. you're just a young coach. Like, how did you get make this many people angry this right. quickly? Like, it's not like Bill Belichick getting leaks about him, which he actually doesn't because he's so good. What can anyone say? I just think the Jets haven't gotten any better either, and I don't like all the noise coming from the Jets either. Uh, and finally, very important loser this week, Brooks Kepka. Why is he a loser, you ask? Well, aside from being incredibly boring, um, which I can say now because Colin said he's boring and he loves boring. So yes. if, if someone who loves boring says you're too boring, you're too boring. Uh, he Fair. gave a fist pump when he won. Yeah. And then he said that's the most excited he's ever been in his life. Um, but... We're all different. This is really just a vehicle for us to discuss when it is appropriate or inappropriate to kiss your significant other in public. Or ask for one. Or ask for a Because that is... Now, I'm the wrong person to ask because I am a kiss-on-demand person, which <laughs> Earl finds incredibly obnoxious and annoying. It's not um, an option. It, I, I'm, 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 I'm very annoying in that regard. Uh, he will tell you all the time and he cannot stand oh, it. Um, but... I, I'm not this bad. So his girl's walking with him. Now, mm -hmm. I thought it was at the end when he won. This this clip that was being circulated on the internet. Yes. Um, I thought it was at the end. It turns out it was at the beginning when he was walking out for competition. So if you haven't seen the video, this is the, the video. And so she's, she, she kind of does like the lean in like, um, what? Actually, no round, one can hear Round you. one, going into round one. <laughs> you know what so, I'm Yes, hello, Ashley. She said Good luck. It's a good luck kiss? Yeah. No. So okay. when you're going you gotta out, ask for yeah. you gotta ask for good luck no, 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 kisses. No, no. That you should be the ask, rule. No, no, no. You, you have, ask under, for good luck you have kisses. an understanding, okay? Right. If your significant other is someone who likes good luck kisses, right. then you give good luck kisses. Yes. If, it, it, otherwise, it's not time for that. It's no. time for it's time for war, okay? We're <laughs> going not, into not, battle. Yeah, we are not here for any type of affection at all. It's, it's not golf. <laughs> Okay. That no, no. No. That no. 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 That's his, that, that's his version of war. Yes, I agree. But I also agree with Ashley on this one. It is just golf. No. No. Like no. Brooke, like he picked up golf because he was rehabbing from other more violent sports. Like, I don't golf care was his if backup it's bowling plan. or if it's golf or if it is that silly nonsense they play at the tailgate with the beanbags. Cornhole. Cornhole. Yes. If we're going into competition, Bags. it's not kissy face time. Okay. Afterwards, we can get all the smooches we want, but during and, okay. and leading up to competition, it is not time for that. A we kiss need to before be cornhole, actually, that's interesting. <laughs> Laser focus. Yeah, I, I. So everyone was kind of like making fun of her, like, oh, like he kind of like kind of you know dissed her a little wasn't bit, like even that bad of a stiff arm. It was bad. It was everyone knew that bad. that's what she was trying to do. He, he gave the he gave the I didn't see it, and I'm turning. But everyone, this way. But we had, I, he knew. <laughs> 
There's a, there's she a, shouldn't have been asked. Okay, for that's it. the point. All yes. right, and like I don't know, she seems like a nice lady. I don't know yes. who she is. Okay, yeah. but she wanted a kiss from a man. And I understand that, but it's just not time for it. We have no. to be focused. We cannot allow any smidgen of Mm-mm. of distraction yeah. or affection. It is it is it is time for the flames in the eyes. Okay, and we just can't do it. But at, afterwards, now now I originally thought it was afterwards, and I was like, oh, he is getting the smoke yeah. when he gets home, but. Yeah. It wasn't, so I'm okay with it. There's there, the multitude of ways you can be embarrassed by your significant others. Like I don't even want to get into get started with it. At Notre Dame, I used to get embarrassed when like Michelle would drive ride by on a bike with her backpack on. Why? It's, don't you go to you leave class early? Leave for class early. You walk. I don't want to see my girlfriend riding around on campus on a bike. What? I don't she can't ride it. her bike? I don't want to see it. I don't want to see it. It's embarrassing. Why can't she ride All her I'm bike? All I'm saying is, I feel, Brooks, I'd rather have the conversation. I'd rather have the conversation. She has to walk? She, ha- she can't ride a bike. She has to walk. If she does ride a bike, don't, don't look my way. I'm not I'm not. So I'm she's not, not supposed to acknowledge you while she's on the bike? She can't walk by me and hit me on the back of the head and keep riding by. I remember this one time. What I was walking, happened? I was you walking with Tyler. You that story as what? if she was just, like, you were angry that she's riding a bike I am. I am. I am. So That's are you embarrassing. angry that she's riding Narps a bike? Narps to- rides bikes in between class. Narps, non-athletic regular people. Michelle played basketball in high school. She's not a narp. She should don't be don't be on the bike. Get off the bike. And don't and don't talk to me if you're on the bike. It's embarrassing. And one time she rode by, hit me in the back head, kept riding by. I was walking with <laughs> I was walking with Tyler Eifert. He said, Who was that? I was like, it's my girlfriend. <laughs> That's hey, why like, you're mad whisper. about it, because she embarrassed you in front of Tyler. But Eifert. I had talked to her about it before. Good don't on get, you, I get off that bike. That don't get on the bike. Hilarious. Anyways, don't be asking for no damn kiss when I'm about to go into war and they got cam- television cameras on. Yeah, me. no, no, no. I'm with you. It's no, not, it's not the right time. No, show, even... show of hands. It's the right time or non right time. Right time. I should think no about one. it. No one. <laughs> no. No, I, I just. I would have done it, but, I I, but I, someone has to be anti your opinion, right? Well, I'm sure there's like three people out there who think it's appropriate to be yeah. smooching before a war. For what it's worth, she if, people interviewed her and she was like, I don't give a shit. She goes, I'm so not discreet. I'll just wave and he'll tip his hat. I'll blow him a kiss. I'm not trying to be too low key. If I see him and he sees me, I'm like, hi. <laughs> no, get out of here. If Michelle tried to kiss me before this started, I'm like, go, go. I got to think about it. I am generally like that. She wears a drive-by bike kiss. <laughs> but I'm, fu- I'm fully aware of this. Wait, so it's okay that she doesn't go in, but is it okay that he knows that she's going in and he still denies her? He should probably okay. still kiss her instead of denying her on national television. If he should have kissed her or not is another conversation. I think he played it right. No kisses. Um, he would have won. <laughs> he won too. Yeah, like which is which is the, the which that, validates no yes. kiss. Yes, validates no kiss by I, winning another major. I'm I'm with you. That's another conversation. Uh, because obviously, if I was in her shoes, I may have a completely different opinion. <laughs> but I, I'm not. So this is where, this is where I'm at right now. No I'll, bikes. I'll, also no like, kisses yeah. before competition. <laughs> no bikes. What are you talking about? <laughs> All right, what is in the Migos culture report this week? <laughs> there is enough new music out to talk about, but I just want to say Game of Thrones takes over everything. Game of Thrones is officially over. Fans everywhere are weighing in on historic television series that has been on the air since 2011. Mm-hmm. I have mixed emotions. Let's jump right into it. Joy, let's make a list of pros and cons about the series finales of Game of Thrones. Okay, pro, it's over. Okay, don't like let's okay, let's let's talk let's talk narrative wise, pro and cons. Uh, okay. Pro, um, and that actually narratively, that actually is a good part right. about it that it is over. Pro, um, uh, Tyrion, Tyrion's the winner. 
So I'm happy I, about that. Thank you. I, I I called him at the. Now I said he'd be at the Iron Throne. This isn't it, but he decided who was going to be on Iron you Throne. You were closer He's than naming me because I thought that Cersei, although Cersei lasted a long time, yes. Um, I thought that Cersei was going to end up winning. Brick shower, like you said. Yeah, not, she not very, shower. not very deep in the brick shower. Very shallow. Yeah, very shallow. Tyrion brick only shower. had to move. He must have had a, a intuition of where, where where his siblings also, were. Also, I feel like for the violence level, and this is like my own disturbed thoughts. Yes. But I feel like for the violence level of that yes. show, should there be ha- more yes. damage? Yes. Anyway, they should look, so, they should look purple right. under them rocks. It's just Not like they were there like for a while. Sleep. It was like a lot of heavy bricks. Yeah. They just cuddling and going to... They died. It was like, oh. Yeah. It's almost like they rolled out of the bricks. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. Um, I don't... I just I just feel like it's over. Like, I don't even know if I can make a list of things. Yeah. I, I'm glad that the Starks ended up where they were supposed to be, I guess. I just have issues with Jon... I'm glad Jon Snow killed her, but then I'm also like, can they just let the woman win? Why can't you... Like, why is it... That is a... That's good. Because I tried been... not killing that bandwagon when she snapped. Because as soon as she snapped, I knew she was gonna die. Because there's just yeah. you can't. It can't happen. Yeah. You can't burn the entire city and then live. Yeah. But here's the, here's like the bigger picture of all this Game of Thrones stuff. Because mm-hmm. the fans have completely lost their minds. Yes. All right. And demanding you're, you're, another you're season. Demanding another season. Or That's the, like, a redo of this season. Which, right. Like when is that ever happening? It's like walking into a museum and being like, I I am I am starting a petition to have all these artists redo their work. <laughs> And then getting a million people to sign it. Because you all are idiots. Yeah. I'm sorry. Entitled that that idiots. five minutes that you took out of your life to go yeah. sign that, sign up for whatever website you did and sign that petition, yeah. you'll never get it back. At the end of your life, you'll be laying on your deathbed wondering why you wasted that five minutes instead of spending it with your family, wasting your time signing that stupid Game of Thrones petition. It is art. It is, it, it, it's not going to be redone. Okay? For more reasons than I even care to explain to get into the technical side of it, who are you? It's not even who? that important of a thing. It's not important. It's over. It had to be wrapped up. You, the, the end of seasons, the end of big series, everyone yeah. always complains about. They all have these ideas about how they feel like this story that someone else is telling you should end. This isn't a pick-your-own-adventure book. It's a television show. Just relax. Enjoy it for what it is. This is why people hate Game of Thrones nerds. You sound like CrossFit goofballs. Yeah. Nobody cares. No. no one cares that you did CrossFit today. No one. I don't know one. The only person who cares is you and the other people that were CrossFit with you. Tell them. Start a small CrossFit That's... Instagram community and tell yourselves. No one cares. Yeah. No, there's, there's a... Th- okay, I haven't said it. No one has really said it. We're beating around the bush. Game of Thrones and the uproar about this season is dripping in white privilege. I just it want to is. Say, I just no, want to say you that. haven't been the only person to say that, and you're totally right. And I felt that at the end. Okay. I was like, why can't Grey Worm talk? Why doesn't Grey Worm have a vote? He's in charge of the whole army. <laughs> right now, you could just send his army here. All you are dead. All you are dead. And that, there was no, this like last meeting for the council to decide what to do. It's like, wait a minute, was no raven sent out? Like, everybody was just showing, everybody was just on their way to King's Landing. Right, how did everybody get here so quickly? The, 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 the amount of scenes that were skipped. But it's the ends, you know yes. what I mean. So I'm fine and, and, with it. And the and the the the, uh, the drag Drogon was as all Game of Thrones fans just want to see that that throne just melt. Yeah, we're done with the throne. And just get just he just, sp- he spoke for all of us. Just 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 burn that thing down. Just that if, bitch gotta go. I was and mad then, when they was when they was doing the red keep. I was like, y'all know y'all gonna ruin the throne. Like the throne is under the rock. Why didn't the rocks kill the the throne? I like that he had a little Mufasa moment with Khaleesi though. Oh yeah, that I really yes. felt bad. Did you? I felt bad for the dragon. It's his mama. 
Yeah. They've been through a lot together. They've been yeah. through wars together, legit. Yeah, no, they've been through it. Anyway, I'm I'm glad it's over. We're done with it. Yeah. I, I would just like to say one last time to everybody who didn't watch Game of Thrones, your loss. You missed out on the experience of a lifetime. I know everyone is it's like all there. the non-Game of Thrones watch, watch. They can, but they're not going to get the experience that right. we had. Yes. And they're going to come to us five years from now like, you know, I just couldn't believe that Jon Snow came <laughs> yes. back. Like, <laughs> Yes. I, we've been there, okay? You're, yeah. you're five years too late. But the point of the matter is, the point of the matter is, you're not cooler than us because you didn't choose to partake in this experience. Right. It was just your choice, and mm -hmm. I respect it because it's a huge life investment, yes. a lot of time, a lot of hours, a lot of thinking, a lot of discussions. So I fully respect your choice not to yeah. respect my choice to watch it, and that's all that I ask. Now we got to move on. And I don't know what other show there is to watch. Yeah, you have what some, you, another show what do you, suggestion? What do you guys, what do you throners do with your Sunday nights now? Oh, his darker his darker materials are there's some you stuff realize, coming out. You realize like the seasons were only ten episodes long. For most of the year, yeah. we had to find and, things and to do with our Sunday nights. And a year between each episode. Also, they're each only an, like an hour to an hour twenty minutes. So mo the Sunday night thing is a little yeah, bit exaggerated. Yeah, but that's an hour. That's an hour you're getting back for the last what eight weeks? You didn't have it. What are you gonna you gonna do anything? I'm start starting my you book. Yeah. Yeah, I too am reading a book. No, writing one. Are oh, you gonna write a book? Yeah, just start writing a book with my Game of Thrones time. That's a lot of time. Get back. Over all these years, good for you. Imagine I, how long I'd be x amount of years into the into the book. Right, like imagine books. if you were working out that for that hour. Exactly, that's a good idea too. No, I feel like it was a good investment in my time. I enjoyed myself. I enjoyed my Game of Thrones journey. Yeah. I have no regrets. Every snack I had during every show. Yeah, like just great. Every healthy it's a, discussion about the show yeah. was worth it. Uh, rest in peace to Game of Thrones. Right. And uh, I don't like that they took a shot of democracy in the last episode. Uh, Tully came and was like, "What if everyone gets a vote?" Do you remember when we went back to the white privilege thing? Yeah. So. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, come on, guys. HBO, thanks, thanks, HBO. We say thanks. We say thanks. It's yeah. not TV. It's HBO. <laughs> you know what I mean? All right. Thanks for joining us this week. Thank you to Kendrick Perkins for coming on and keep it one hundred. Yes. Calling out. Calling. He has, things to say. he has some things to say. Yeah. For yeah. real. I liked it. Um, make sure that you subscribe on mm -hmm. YouTube and Maybe I'm Crazy Podcast. Please. And follow us on all of our social, social media pages at Maybe I'm Crazy Pod. Please. Newman Show 99. Yes. Joy Taylor Talks. Yes. And make sure you check out the update with Brandon Newsman mm -hmm. on Friday mornings um, just to get you updated on all the stories that happen throughout this week. Mm -hmm. And uh, thanks for joining us. Catch you next week. Bye. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm crazy. Maybe I'm not. Ooh.